Well, hey everyone, I'm Jason Knott. I'm the pastor here at First Dunedin, and uh, thank you so much for, for tuning in and, and taking some time to worship with us. And if uh, today is your first Sunday with us, you picked the perfect day to tune in because today we start a new message series called Reset. Uh, so typically we, we talk about uh, sermons and messages kind of in a series where we take an idea and we just talk about it until everybody gets tired of talking about it anymore. Uh, not really. Uh, we take an idea that's that's grounded uh, in scripture or in a biblical truth, and then uh, we look at it from all these different angles. And so today, I, I just want to uh, give an overview of where we'll be going throughout the next couple weeks. And, and each week, we'll look at it in a different way and a little bit deeper uh, of what it means to reset our lives. Uh, but this morning, I, I just want to talk about that idea of, of reset and, and how to hit that reset button on your life. Because I, I don't know if you're like me, but there's been so many times where I've just wanted to, to hit the reset button, right? And, and just start over, start again, start fresh. Have you ever wanted to do that? And so the idea of a reset uh, actually came from um, classic Nintendo. Um, so someone gave us this uh, this Super Nintendo a couple of years ago, and my wife and I, you know, we bring it out every every now and again, and uh, those feelings of nostalgia come flooding back to us as we remember those hours spent uh, playing Mario Kart or, or Donkey Kong, or those times where our older brothers would walk by and hit the reset button in the middle of our game when we were just about to hit that next high score. But a couple weeks ago, we uh, we took this out and we introduced this little gem to our two young boys. And, and so there's just two buttons on this thing. There's there's the power button, which turns it on, of course. And then there's the reset button. And when you hit that, it, it you know, just takes uh, takes you back to the beginning of it all. And so, you know, my, my boys are pretty young and... Um, well, they're not very good at this, uh, so they make good use of the reset button. Whenever they lose, whenever they lose lives, or whatever it is, you know, they, they got to hit that reset button and start over again. And I love the reset button because you can just hit it and, and start over again, start fresh, start new, no matter how many times you've messed up, no matter how many times you lose, no matter how many times you fail, you can always just hit reset and start over again again. And so it got me thinking that, you know, we're in this just like really strange time in our world right now, that, that it's really kind of the perfect season to hit the reset button. And for the past uh, five months, you know, the game of life has been on pause. That, that normal life was, was put on hold and we went under lockdown and quarantine and isolation and the whole world just, just kind of took this grand pause. And, and for some of us, it, it seemed that, that life slowed down and, and got much more simple. Maybe for others of us, it, it seems like life sped up and got much more scary. But the question that everybody has been kind of asking is, when are we going to get back to normal? When, when is it? When will it be that we get to go back to normal? I get asked that question a lot about the church. You know, when are we going to go back to normal, normal uh, worship experiences, normal, normal fellowship times, all that stuff. And and look, I, I get that question. I ask that question, too. But I think that it's it's maybe not not the 
best question to be asking. When are we going to get back to normal? Instead, I think that a better question for us to ask is how are we going to move forward? Not just when are we going to get back, but how are we actually going to move forward? And so before we, we try to rush back to normal, I think that we should take this time to reflect and ask ourselves, was normal really working for us? Because, you know, I, I have this tendency when I start asking that question, when are we going to get back to normal? I, I think of all the great things of, of normal, the great things that normal had for us. But I forget that really normal meant being tired, being exhausted, being burnt out, being stressed, being overscheduled, being uh, overworked. And, and maybe... Maybe normal was, was kind of stealing our joy. Maybe normal was, was holding us hostage and, and keeping us from the kind of life that God designed for us to enjoy. And so do we really want to resume where we left off in life or, or do we want to hit that reset button and start all over again? You know, this pandemic, it, it's been like this collective pause, this, this grand time out. And when the play button is hit, and, and it will be hit again, will we find ourselves running in the same crazed manner that we were before? Friends, I, I think that we've been given this opportunity to hit the reset button and, and not just the resume button. And so the question we, we ask is, is how, do we, how do we ensure that, that next time won't be like last time? How do we ensure that, that we don't just go back, but we actually move forward? How do we, how do we reset? And so this idea of, of reset is actually uh, pretty central to Christianity. That, that whenever we, we come to faith in, in Jesus Christ, or whenever we uh, have a new understanding of, of God and how God is at work in our lives, how God is at work in our world, it's sort of like uh, the reset button gets hit on our souls and our hearts and our minds, and, and we're able to start over. And, you know, in, in theological speak, in, in Bible talk, the, the, the phrase that we use for, for reset is the phrase born again or, or born anew. Maybe you've heard that before. And so this is uh, the scripture passage where that phrase born again comes from. Let me let me read it for us. This is John chapter three. It says there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. Now, Nicodemus, uh, he's, he's a complex man. Um, he was a Pharisee, part of a group of people that were uh, the greatest opponents to Jesus and resisting uh, Jesus's teaching, the movement he was trying to begin in the world. But, but Nicodemus was a little bit different from his friends because Nicodemus was, was curious about Jesus. He wasn't quite converted, but he was at least curious about Jesus. And maybe that's where some of you are today. And so it goes on. It says, so Nicodemus, he came to Jesus at night and, and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, and this is just kind of like out of the blue and, and really strange. I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, 
how is it possible for an adult to be born again? It's possible to enter the mother's womb for, for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, it is not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. So don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. And then Nicodemus said, how, how are these things possible? How are these things possible? I mean, Nicodemus is, is obviously a, a little confused here, and rightly so. And it's because he and Jesus are, are talking on two totally different planes. That Nicodemus is, is talking on, on an earthly, literal plane, and Jesus is talking on a spiritual plane here. And, and this is what Jesus does, that, that he teaches in such a strange way uh, as to challenge us to totally overhaul all of our traditional ways of of seeing the world and living in this world. And, and so what we need is what Jesus offers is, is a total transformation of our whole way of, of knowing and seeing and, and living in this world. And so when this happens, it's as if life begins all over again. It's as if we are, we are born again. And so now, now that phrase, born again or, or born anew, it, it's a pretty loaded phrase. Um, and maybe you've heard it talked about in, in some different ways before, but, but like Nicodemus, I, I don't think that we, we fully comprehend what Jesus is inviting us into and, and what Jesus is, is promising us here. That, that we think that, that being born again, just like Nicodemus did, was, was something to be understood. That, that faith is this thing that we can kind of wrap our minds around, and it's an intellectual endeavor. But Jesus says that, that it's actually something to be experienced by the Spirit. And so what Jesus is doing is he's inviting us not just to resume our lives as they were before, but, but his invitation for us is to actually restart, to be born again by the Spirit, completely changed, completely transformed. That's his promise that he's making to us. And, and we believe in our own little Christian tradition that, that being born again, being born anew, that, that salvation is both an event and a process, that, that we are born again the moment that we decide to place our trust, place our faith in Jesus as, as our Savior, as our Lord. Uh, but it's also this lifelong process that every day we have the opportunity to just hit that reset button and to walk a little bit closer, try again, walking a little bit closer with Jesus. And so, you know, maybe, maybe we're a little bit like Nicodemus and we're saying, okay, that all sounds great, but, but how is this possible? And so let me give you uh, just, I think, three good questions to, to ask whenever we are trying to reset or restart or, or relaunch or enter into a new phase of life. And, you know, we've been asking these questions a lot here at the church because we're kind of in the middle of a reset and we're, we're trying to think of this, not, not just how do we resume and go back to the way things that 
things were, but how do we actually relaunch and, and move forward as a church? And so there, there's three questions, and, and these three questions, you know, you might find them, they're, they're pretty popular in like self-help and organizational health and, and organizational restructuring. But before all of that, uh, I think that, that all of Jesus's teachings really kind of revolved around these three questions. And, and so here they are. The first is, uh, what do you need to stop? What do you need to stop? Second is, what do you need to change? And the third is, what do you need to start? What do you need to stop? What do you need to change? And what do you need to start? And again, to, to put this in Bible talk and theological speech, uh, these three questions are really questions about repentance. I, I even thought about naming this series uh, Repent instead of Reset. But, you know, we are already struggling to keep people's attention, so repent might be a little off-putting. Uh, but really, that, that's kind of what we're talking about. And maybe the reason why some of us are, are a little put off by that word, repent, is because we have such a narrow view and a narrow understanding of it that, that repent means to really just uh, say you're sorry to God for misbehaving. And that, that's part of it. That's called confession. Uh, but repentance, it's actually a much deeper work. It's, it's a little bit more challenging. It's, it's harder, but it's also so freeing and it's so life-giving. And, and sometimes we don't think of it in that way. Um, but, but in the Bible, the, the literal Greek word for repent means to change direction or to change your way. That your life was, was heading in one direction that was not in route with God's will for your life. And so you need to repent, you need to change direction, reorient yourself, and go in a new way now. Head in a direction that now gives you life instead of a direction that was taking your life away from from you. And so those are the three questions. You know, what, what do you need to stop? Where in your life are you heading in the, in the wrong direction that you just need to stop in your tracks? Where do you need to change? Where do you need to just pause wherever you are on the journey and, and look for another path? a path that's, that's more in line with, with God's will. And, and what do you need to start? What road do you need to start walking down now? It's all about changing our direction, reorienting our lives. And only by answering and asking those questions do we make sure that we don't just rush back to the way things used to be, but rather we enter into something that is, that is brand new. That's where change actually happens. But before we get too deep in talking about how to change and, and all of that, let me, let me first just give you three myths about change that, that we have to bust uh, before we fall prey to their lies. And so there's three myths uh, about change that, that actually keep us from changing. And, and we need to pay attention to whenever it is that we find ourselves using them to justify our own resistance to change. 
So three myths that we uh, fall prey to um, about change, and, and these aren't novel or, or really creative. Uh, they're really just a compilation of, of different psychological patterns, but sometimes you know you need somebody to just tell you in very simple terms how dysfunctional uh, it is that you're living your life, and I'm that person, that's why I'm here. Uh, so here's the three myths about change. The first one is the experience myth, and this is when we think that, that experience, our experiences in life will, will change us, that experience will make us smarter or wiser. But, but let me just bust this myth. Experience doesn't change you or make you smarter or wiser. The only thing experience does is make you older and sometimes tireder and sometimes poorer. And so I've done pastoral counseling with 20-somethings and 80-somethings really about the same exact issues. Experience alone doesn't change us. But if we can leverage it, if we can actually evaluate those experiences, that is where the change begins to happen in our life. When, when we reflect on our experiences, that has the potential to change us. But, but experience alone doesn't do a whole lot for us. Okay, the second myth is uh, the know better myth. That if we think that we just know more, that if we think we just know better, then we will actually do better. And any of you that have kids and you're trying to parent, I mean, how many times have you heard your kids say, I know, I know, I know. And then you as a parent, you hear uh, your own parents in your, in your head saying, well, if you know, then why didn't you do? You see, knowing better doesn't always equate with doing better. We have to actually change our behavior if we want our world to look differently. And, and too many times we just stop at the learning and the listening and the understanding. And that's so great. That's a great place to begin. That's a great first step. But we have to be willing to take that next great step and actually follow through. Take up a new discipline. Take up a new habit. Set your, set your feet to marching in kind of a new way. You have to do differently if you want the world to, to look differently. And then the last one, and I think this is so kind of just prevalent right now in our world, uh, is the inevitability myth. Or, or another side of this is the enjoy it while you can myth. And so over the past five months, I've, I've found myself saying, you know, this isn't so bad. I mean, there is some good in, in all of this. There's, there's more time with, with my family. We're actually eating dinner together now. We're not running around everywhere. Our, our weekends aren't, aren't packed full and our schedules aren't, aren't packed full. But then there's also this like just bemoaning about knowing that we have to go back to the way things were before. It, it's this like, just enjoy it while you can, be, because it's not going to last, that, that eventually we will inevitably end up back where we were before and nothing will have changed at all. It's, it's the enjoy it while you can myth, because things aren't going to stay like this. And, and yeah, it is true that, that things are not going to stay like this. Our, our circumstances are going uh, to change. We won't be stuck like this forever. But it doesn't mean that we have to be stuck to our past and stuck to doing the things that we did before. And so we slip into this way of thinking 
uh, that things are, are always going to be what they are, that, that we, can't, we can't ever change. We can't ever get out of debt. We can't ever change jobs or careers. We, we can't ever settle down. We can't ever take a day off. We can't ever slow down. And we bemoan all the factors that are outside of our control and, and all of the circumstances that we think are, are outside of our control. But what we fail to do is we fail to see the things that are actually within our control. And so we use all sorts of excuses as to why things can't change. But we're actually in control of more than we think that we are. And, and please hear me, I, I, don't mean, I don't mean to belittle any of, of the difficulty of, of different uh, circumstances and different situations. There are some of us who are afforded privileges that, that others of us are not. There's, there's different abilities, there's different backgrounds, there's, there's all of that, that we're, we're not all on an equal playing field. There are factors, there are circumstances that are outside of our control, but, but what I'm asking us to do is to not fall into despair, thinking that the way things are, are the way things have to be, and the way things always will be. Because if we lose the option to change, then we will lose the ability to hope. If we lose the option to change, then we lose the ability to hope that is inevitable. And so we have to take the responsibility and take the control of the things that, that we can actually control. You know, we often see life as, as a, a consequence of circumstances when really life is often a, a consequence of our choices. I mean, we get to decide how we spend our time. You're, you're the only one that does that. You get to decide how to spend your time. You get to decide how many commitments to take on. We get to decide when to speak up or when to be silent. We get to decide who will influence our lives. We get to decide how to honor Jesus with our lives and, and reflect Jesus in our lives. And today... Today, we get to decide if we'll walk a little bit closer with Jesus. We get to decide to follow him. He's already given us the call, come and follow me. It's up to us now to answer that call. Jesus invites us to be born again, to, to hit reset and, and restart and refresh and start our lives over again but we're the ones who have to hit the button. We're the ones who have to take the next step. And so that night that Jesus gave that puzzling challenge to Nicodemus, where he said, you have to be born again. He was saying to a man who was deeply rooted in his routines and his traditions and in the, the patterns that he was used to seeing the world in. And Jesus said, there is another way. But the way that things are don't always have to be the way that they are. That, that this isn't inevitable, but you can always reset. You can always restart. You can always refresh. And the invitation to be born again is really an invitation to be more alive, more, more fully, more fully alive and attentive to the life of God that the Spirit is calling you into. 
because God desires to reclaim and rename and reauthor the stories of our lives with a new life that is now empowered by the grace of God that is made real by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I believe, I believe that we have an opportunity here, that we have an opportunity here in this season, that it can actually be a season of change and transformation, that, that we have the chance to hit the reset button and instead of the resume button, that we actually can approach life differently more fully, more fully alive with Jesus, that, that we, we actually can live in God's kingdom here and now, or, or we can hit resume and drift back to normal. But friends, God never created us for normal. God did not create you for normal and for your life to be normal. God created us for something so much greater. And so let's reset together. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray um, really just, just for myself that this would be a, a time where, where I kind of hit the reset button in, in my life. And so I'm, I'm praying for, for myself that I will recommit my life this day to Jesus. And, and I would invite you uh, to, to pray with me. You can, you can pray these same words out loud or under your breath or, or your own words, wh whatever they might be. But that this day would be a day to reset and to start our lives over with God. And so, Lord Jesus, here I am today. God, I choose to hit reset. God, I choose to restart with you. That whatever losses, whatever failures, God, that you would take those away and that you would give me new life through your son, Jesus. God, that I would receive that gift I would reset and I would start my life in a new direction. Lord, I place my faith in you. I place my trust in you. And I believe that Jesus, you are my savior. This day, save me, reset my life. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.